If you're listening to this podcast, it's because you're interested in Iceland. Or maybe you're planning a trip, and you probably have questions. Lots of questions. Circa's new concierge feature, which is now open in Iceland, will change how you travel. You can connect with us directly through the Circa app, and we'll put you in touch with your very own local concierge in the land of fire and ice to ask any questions you have. No matter when you're traveling, let us help make your trip one to remember. For a limited time only, the Circa Concierge is completely free. So download the Circa app from the iOS store and connect with us. You've got questions, we've got answers. Circa, love the world you live in and we'll help you explore it. BP added more than $70 billion to the US economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hi, everyone. My name's Neil Innes. I'm one of the folks at Circa in charge of all of the amazing travel guides we're launching this summer. And I also host the Circa Guide to Barcelona from this beautiful city on the Mediterranean. We'd like to invite you to download the Circa app for iOS for free. It's out right now in the App Store. Inside the Circa app, you'll find maps and info on all the places we recommend, plus bonus episodes and early access to all of the other guides. Go to circatravel.com or click the link in the notes. Right now, you'll be able to listen to Circa Guide episodes about London, Barcelona, Los Angeles, Rome, and Iceland. And coming soon, Paris, Mexico City, Hawaii, Costa Rica, and more. Once more, that's circatravel.com, spelled C-E-R-C-A, travel.com. I'll see you there. Welcome to Circa. In this Start Here episode, we'll be listing a lot of places, people, and incredible things to do in beautiful, otherworldly Iceland. We're going to give you a lot of information, but don't worry. There will be maps, notes, and info on the places mentioned in these guides in the Circa app. Whether you're in Iceland right now, heading there soon, or would just like to learn all about a place we truly love, you're in the right place. This is what we do. So just sit back, put your headphones on, and enjoy the land of fire and ice. Let's go to Iceland. Circa. Love the world you live in, and we'll help you explore it. You're standing on snowy ground at dusk. The only sound is the ocean and the distant clack of reindeer locking horns. You spent the morning hiking to glaciers that look like they're part of the Himalayas. Today you've entered the cave with walls of 1,000 years old ice. But now the light is fading. Your toes are cold from standing still. The dark gray clouds are getting darker over the glacier in the distance. You watch the herd of reindeer and realize the strangeness of the moment. Iceland is a young country, both in geology and history, but it's a kind of turbocharged version of both. The strong colors of the highlands and the stark black sand beaches are part of the wonder 
of its landscape, while the rich and original music scene belongs to its surprising history, where events seem too big, too globally important to have come from the least densely populated country on Earth. At the tender age of 16 million years, Iceland is a geological infant, where volcanoes continue to build this truly unique place. Whether you're dreaming of the dark winter wonderland or the constant light of Icelandic summer, there are so, so many experiences here. My name is Svavar Jonathansson, local radio producer, tour guide and traveler. In this Iceland guide, I'm going to share with you this place I call home, with insights into its history and some suggestions for how to get the most out of it. Let's begin. Where are you, and how do you get around? Iceland is just under 40,000 square miles of wonder, just half the size of the United Kingdom, basically the size of Kentucky. It's a place born of ongoing volcanic activity and the elements of its cool, temperate maritime climate. High up in the North Atlantic Ocean, surrounded by the flow of warm and cold ocean and air currents, Iceland is a battleground of opposing forces. The warm Gulf Stream makes it habitable, but also inhospitable. Rain, wind, snow, storms, hail, any other form of challenging weather you can imagine? That's your cue to pack waterproof clothing. This place is, however, surprisingly warm considering its geographical location. The average summer temperature is 53 degrees Fahrenheit. Winter temperature fluctuates above and below freezing, but it's the weather in between, the storms and the sudden drops, that make it so dynamic. We start in Reykjavik, Iceland's largest city and the world's most northern capital. It's a 40-minute drive from the international airport Keplavik, or KEF, and there are three main options for transportation. The regular bus service from the airport costs around 3,500 Icelandic kroners, or $26. A taxi ride costs around 18,000 ISK, $140. Then there are the various rental car companies, including Hertz, on-site or very near the airport. Bus and rental car companies have information booths in the arrival hall, and English is spoken by all. Buying a bus transfer online will be the quickest. We'll put a link in the notes. Quick note, there are no trains in Iceland. Why not? A lack of inhabitants and an oversupply of earthquakes? Don't worry, we'll be fine. Downtown Reykjavik has traditionally been the main draw for visitors, as it's the hub for shops, restaurants, cafes and museums. Everything is within easy walking distance. You can walk the whole of downtown in about 30 minutes. The main shopping street Løgavur defines downtown. From the top, where the bus station is, to the bottom, where the main public squares are. Explore Reykjavik on foot and get a feel for its architecture. Downtown will show you the colorful corrugated iron and shiny obsidian flakes on the National Theater and the glass cube of Harpa Concert Hall. The National Museum west of downtown and the area known as Laugardalur are essential to visit to. Public transportation by bus is pretty good and includes a functional app that is hard to pronounce but easy to use for route planning and payment. We will have a link in the notes. 
Taxis can be found downtown or called with five to ten minutes' notice. The telephone number of Reivitl was drilled into the nation's memory in the 90s with an unforgettable commercial where an old actor wrapped it. 5885522. I don't do it justice. A lesser-known fact is that taxis can be hired for a variety of sightseeing trips, basically making them into your private chauffeur. They will need about one hour's notice to guarantee a car. Uber and other ride-sharing apps are not allowed to operate in Iceland. Yet. Iceland is small. You could drive the entire country in a day or two. But that would be a totally wasted opportunity. Take a week, if you can, or more. There's a lot to see. The Icelandic roads are generally good, but winter conditions, especially in the remote West Fjord and Northeast, demand not only good tires, but a clear head and a good weather forecast. The weather app Veður and the Road Authority Vera Gerdin, website for road conditions, are especially important when traveling in wintertime. Again, check the link in the notes. Iceland is a place where sightseeing locations are spread out, which calls for driving. So while there is regular bus service to most parts of the country, riding a bus will not get you to many of the amazing things you're going to hear about in this guide. Various companies offer day tours of iconic areas like the Golden Circle and South Coast, as well as longer bus tours around the country. I suggest the one run by Arctic Adventures. For some areas, the bus is the way to go. Take a bus to areas like Skaftafell National Park and Landmannalaugar in the Highlands, where you can spend a few days hiking and camping. If you get a rental car, you should embrace the chance to go at your own pace, because the best part is, we only have one highway which circles the country, so navigating is incredibly easy. History and politics and etiquette. If you were to try and read Iceland's history only through its landscapes and buildings, you'd soon reach a dead end. The capital city Reykjavik has only 250 years of history. The oldest street is Adalstræti, where you will also find the tourist information office. The hillside around the famous church Hallgrímskirkja offers a glimpse of the city's 19th and 20th century architecture. You will see a lot of colorful corrugated iron facades and less colorful concrete. Most of the city is post-World War II and constantly expanding, which makes for a curious architectural mishmash. For insights into the deeper history of Iceland, you have to open our books. Iceland is a literary nation. One in ten Icelanders will publish a book in their lifetime. This place has cherished storytelling since the first books were written here in the 13th and 14th century. They are known simply as the sagas. Made up of around 40 books, the sagas stretch from early settlement in the 9th century to just after the conversion to Christianity in the year 1000. While the word settler is used in Iceland, the rest of the world thinks of another word, Vikings. The terms somewhat overlap, but only a small part of the settlers went raiding, thereby 
qualifying themselves as Vikings. Said to be the first novels in the world, the sagas are filled with bravery and cowardice, victory and defeat, travels abroad, love, marriage, betrayal, upbringing, wealth, wisdom, old age, and foolishness. They offer a glimpse into Icelandic culture through the years, everyday challenges, and the circumstances of life here. They remind you of the fact that small insults, territory disputes, and jealousy were all once legit reasons for killing someone. These ancient literary works tell of the early settlers and their descendants through major trials and tribulations. By reading the sagas, you can make the landscape come alive with old stories. Start with Eilsaga, but a fair warning, it's a pretty violent way to discover the west of Iceland. Meanwhile, the saga of the people of Vatstal opens up the north. These books became the foundation for historical nostalgia for centuries and were widely read during dark winter nights. People sitting in dimly lit sleeping quarters, listening to tales of murder and betrayal, while mending clothes or breaking apart dried fish heads. The National Museum across the road from the House of Icelandic Studies is currently the only place that exhibits some of the older manuscripts. But luckily, they're available in English translations at major Icelandic bookstores and online. Reading them is the ultimate experience. The original manuscripts, the crown jewels of Iceland's cultural heritage, will be on view at the House of Icelandic Studies, which is planned to open mid-year 2023. Until then, you've just got to read them. With no centralized government for the first few centuries, Iceland was a fairly violent place for 11 months of the year. It was at Althingi, the oldest continuous democratic parliament in the world, where the ruling class gathered together once a year to settle murders and other disputes. Althingi was established in the year 930. It was essentially a social event that brought thousands of Icelanders together, local chieftains called Goði, and their followers, for two weeks in the summer, while workers and slaves toiled away at the farms. The original parliamentary site is still there, and you can visit it. It's only about a 40-minute drive from Reykjavik, but remember, it's not a building, but a field surrounded with stunning cliffs. Just imagine Woodstock in the desolate 10th century. As well as walking between the impressive tectonic fissures that surround the old parliament site, you can also snorkel and dive in the nearby world-famous Sildra Fisher. The glacier water in the fissure has been filtered through miles of lava fields, which makes it so crystal clear it creates a feeling of floating in space. The period following the founding of Parliament in 930, called the Commonwealth, ended in 1264 with what had grown into a civil war. The King of Norway took control of Iceland, but the unification between Norway and Denmark in 1397 turned Iceland into a Danish colony. What came next was a long period of decline. The climate is thought to have cooled with a little ice age in the 13th century, and the hardship only increased with frequent volcanic eruptions. The Viking ships rotted, and travel abroad almost ended. For close to seven centuries, foreign merchants, mostly Danish, had a monopoly by royal decree on all imports, exports, and trade with little benefit to locals. Icelandic farmers and fishermen were given credit for their produce, which they could only spend at the expletive merchants' stores. Caught fishing on small rowboats could be 
and often was deadly, but it kept the nation alive while foreign ships outnumbered and outfished the locals. The Icelandic people were poor, but managed to survive. At the end of the 19th century, 16,500 Icelanders, that's 20% of the population, emigrated mostly to Canada. The Icelandic Emigration Museum in the north is a wonderful place to explore this history. Mostly because a modern fishing fleet and the development of hydroelectric power and geothermal heating in the 20th century paved the way for the poorest country in Europe to become the richest. A visit to the Reykjavik Maritime Museum and the Geothermal Museum will help you understand this fascinating evolution. Independence from Denmark came during the turmoil of World War II when Denmark was under German occupation. Iceland itself was under US occupation, which had given the newly independent country a lot of jobs and relative wealth. But the World War also gave Iceland a new role as the most important pawn in geopolitical history. This, trust me, is a truly fascinating story. To hear it, check out our War and Peace in Iceland episode in this guide. At the start of the 20th century, free market capitalism, along with the privatization of banks, began transforming the country into modern Iceland. The result was a mad turbocharged economy, flush with cash from foreign loans. Iceland had relied on heavy industry and fishing, but the financial markets grew fast. The bankers, known then as the modern raiding Vikings, Utrausarvikingar, were seen as financial miracle makers. And then, of course, it all came crashing down in 2008. Relative to its population, Iceland suffered the largest national financial collapse the world had ever seen. The collapse shook Iceland to its core. Weekly protests gave rise to the pots and pans revolution. The center-right coalition government resigned, banks were nationalized, and a few bankers went to jail. It was a global story that for a minute gave Iceland the limelight. But it was tourism that would help the economy recover in the coming years, with help from an unexpected ally. In 2010, the eruption of Eyjafjallajökull, a volcano entirely covered by an ice cap, created the biggest and cheapest marketing campaign any nation could dream of. Once again, the world was looking at us, but cursing us. And soon, Iceland was on a fast track to recovery with tourism at the helm. And here we are. So now let's make sure you know what to do in this epic place. The must-have experiences. Iceland has a lot of pearls. Let's look at some of the shiniest and how to get the most out of them. By the way, I know some of these names might be impossible to remember, let alone pronounce, but don't worry. We'll put them all in the notes for you. Thankfully, number one is easy. The uncontested heavyweight champion of Iceland, the Blue Lagoon, located 35 minutes from Reykjavik. Made with runoff water from a nearby geothermal power plant, this black lava field has become a miracle lagoon with incredible therapeutic qualities. Stepping into the steamy blue water, surrounded by black lava rock, 
feels like a health resort on another planet. The long wood-paneled concrete buildings, which include a deluxe restaurant and the world-renowned retreat, a boutique hotel, feel strangely at home in the midst of the rugged lava field. The potential for overcrowding with two million guests every year is solved with measured time slots. Early mornings and evenings will get you the most amount of floating space. If you're driving a trip around the volcanic Reykjanes Peninsula before or after your visit, will add to your appreciation of the lagoon. Number two, a lagoon of a very different nature. Five hours east of Reykjavik, you can find the world's largest diamonds. The glacier lagoon Jökulsalón usually accommodates an armada of icebergs, some the size of apartment buildings. When these monsters of ice hit the mouth of a short river leading to the coast, they break up into smaller pieces and float towards the ocean surf, eventually washing up and sparkling like blue-white diamonds scattered on the black sand beach. Make the trip to Jökulsalón an overnight stay, especially if you're visiting in winter with limited daylight. Also, here's my pro tip. Bring some sort of tripod, even if you're just shooting on your phone, and a headlamp or a torch. A headlamp positioned behind an ice diamond is the key here to some truly amazing shots that will make you feel like a Nat Geo photographer. And with two food trucks and a cafe on site, you can wait for the light to get just right with a hot chocolate or two. If you're really serious about ice, check out local ice cave tours running from the lagoon. Also, anywhere east of the bridge is reindeer territory, so keep an eye out for this Icelandic icon. Number three. If you take my suggestion to stay a night or more when visiting the Glacier Lagoon, you'll have some time for this next must-see spot. Halfway to the lagoon, there's an area referred to as the South Coast, and it's home to the waterfalls of Sellelandsfoss and Skóafoss, the Eyjafjallajökull Glacier, the black and sometimes dangerous beach Reynisfjara, also known as East Watch by the Sea, that's if you're a Game of Thrones fan. Stay a night or more in the area around Skóar to explore these less touristy locations. For places to sleep, I recommend Skálakot for luxury, or the garage for its cheaper but unique rustic charm. Here's my personal hidden gem in this area. Heading from Skoar, a five-minute drive from the highway gets you to a trailhead leading to a tiny geothermal pool by the side of a roaring glacier river. It's only a 15-minute walk to the most stunning pool location in Iceland. Who needs infinity pools when you got this stuff? The hill behind the pool opens up impressive canyon views perfect for a picnic, for good karma, and as a good human, don't leave any trash. The museum at Skowat is often overlooked, but it offers a thousand years of local history in a visit of an hour or two. The waterfall Kvertnufoss behind the museum is another great place which is perfect for a picnic. Number four. Back in Reykjavik, where oceanfront strolls, swimming pools, Museums and the impressive selection of restaurants are only a fraction of the things to do. You really shouldn't miss the giant Hatgrimskirke church towering over downtown. As one of the tallest buildings in the country, it is, in fact, rather hard to miss. To make the visit a bit more layered, I suggest having a coffee or something stronger at Roak, a cozy little restaurant and wine bar across the street, 
so that you can marvel at its enormity. When you're ready, enter the church and arch your neck towards the giant white ceiling. If you're lucky, the church's spectacular organ is being played. Its tower offers a 360-degree view, and this, Reykjavik's version of the Empire State Building's observatory platform. It's a great way to experience the layout of this architecturally haphazard city. And yes, it has an elevator. Number 5. Fjallabak Nature Reserve This incredible hiking experience is a haven from the speed of modern life, a true elixir. You can choose to walk the 3-4 day, 33-mile single trail from the highland campsite of Landmannlöar to the forest oasis of Þorsmörk, located west of the glacier Mirdalsjökull. You can also choose either location as a base for various half-day hikes or full-day hikes. Either way, make sure you have both a map and a GPS, as the visibility can drop and trails can become unclear. Soaking in the hot spring at the edge of the campsite after a long hike is the perfect way to soothe aching muscles. If you do the entire hike to Thosmörk, you will pass through the most colorful, rugged and barren landscapes to be found, past glaciers and hot springs, through deserts and canyons. With a little imagination, you could be a 16th century Icelandic sheep herder, an astronaut crossing the surface of a distant planet, or a botanist discovering the strange and tiny vegetation growing in the desert wilderness. Daily direct buses go from Reykjavik to Landmannlöar and Þorsmörk. I suggest you get on one of those buses. Keep in mind that the highlands require proper planning and equipment. Hi everyone, Circa is recruiting new concierges. A Circa concierge is a friend to ask anywhere in the world. Real people, on the ground, never bots. If you want to be a concierge for your city, go to circatravel.com to sign up. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Food. We all love it, and Iceland has some of the most interesting food in the world. You will certainly not go hungry in Reykjavik, a city packed with restaurants. There are high-end restaurants, experimental restaurants, Scandinavian, Middle Eastern, Asian and Indian. There are fast food restaurants, takeaway options, hot dog stands and a few standouts that specialize in the infamous old Icelandic cuisine. The majority of the city's eateries tend to be downtown Reykjavik, but you'd be missing out if you limit yourself to this area. Here, by the way, locals call it by its postcode, 101. The truth is, there are gems scattered all across the city and the country. If you're interested in the curious history of Icelandic food, yes, including sheep testicles, check out our Eat Here episode. It'll give you a whole new appreciation of dining in Iceland. But let's give you a short dining overview. 
Downtown Reykjavik is traditionally the center of local social life and has been for centuries. It was where the city first started and now houses major political institutions, museums, cafes, bars and restaurants lined along its high street, Laugavegur. Starting at the top, furthest east from downtown, you have the unique-looking old bus station, which is now Hlemmur Food Hall. Punk rock teenagers caused mayhem here in the 80s, but now the place is home to nine local vendors, serving the city's growing appetite for fresh ingredients, like the amazing delicious baked trout at Skaul. For experimental cuisine, I suggest the taco pescadom, which is cod, at Fuego Taqueria. Then, just sit down and watch the city commute outside as you dine. I walk down the main street Laugavur from the food court to downtown Laikatorg Square, and the surrounding area is like window shopping for food. A bit out of sight, above the street is Dill, Iceland's first Michelin star restaurant, infusing Nordic cuisine with Icelandic traditions. The unique food experience will cost you around $120 per person and an extra 100 for wine. It's a pretty good deal for Michelin star experience, considering you're in one of the most expensive places in the world. If you keep strolling, you'll soon see the golden soft light shining out of Sumak, a Lebanese-inspired restaurant offering temptations of Middle Eastern spices. A delicious seven-course menu to share can be had for $70 per person. It's a fusion of Middle Eastern and local ingredients where Harissa spice transports you to warmer climates. Tucked away in a back room of Sumak, you find one of Iceland's most unique new Nordic restaurants, Ox. With only 11 seats around the bar-like table, it feels like stepping into a miniverse of dining. But the experience is grand, with a focus on Icelandic ingredients served with extreme novelty. Turnips, smoked lamb, wild thyme and skir get a makeover at Ox that you will not find anywhere else. With no set menu, be prepared for surprises. Reykjavik has a vast selection of cafes and bars scattered around or tucked away. Kalti Bar and Vedur are cozy craft beer and wine bars facing each other on the side street Klappartur. From here, it's a short walk to the oldest party place in Reykjavik. Café Barin is small, with a big history. Expect great DJs and plenty of people on weekends. Style of dress is unlikely to bar anyone from entry. There are places like Prikith that attract a younger crowd with a lot of hip-hop, while Ölstovan caters to a more mature crowd. If you're looking for a lively, bright lunch spot away from the high street, head on over to Snaps, an iconic local place with roots to Iceland's first master chef, Sikki Hall. Be sure to make a toast to the master who brought the nation into a more palpable cuisine. This is where I'd start in the city. But if you're heading out of town, don't worry, there are options. Hotels and restaurants offer menus to make you forget you just hiked for hours in the rain. If you venture out to hike to Iceland's youngest volcano, Geldingadalir, we suggest warming up with lobster soup down by the harbor nearby Grindavik. Just 30 minutes east of Reykjavik, Kveragerði, is a little gem of a town, often overlooked as an option for dining 
were staying overnight. So keep it in mind if you're hoping to avoid other tourists. The local Skir factory is a great option. This former dairy factory is now a snug little restaurant and B&B with great food and homemade Skir, which is a bit like fresh yogurt, perfect after a day of hiking to the local natural hot rivers in Reykjadalur. As always, check the notes for all the links and how to spell all these Icelandic words. Big culture points, music, dance, art, traditions. If you were to read travel logs from the 18th and 19th century, Iceland might come across as having no culture, no music, and no social gatherings other than church, the sheep roundup, and parliament. That has changed rapidly. For the last hundred years or so, the nation has gained a healthy appetite for social events of all kinds. The National Independence Day, June 17th, is a holiday with family entertainment throughout the day and parties that stretch into the night. Iceland was not a conservative society through most of the 20th century, but it was far from the liberal place it is today. The late 90s marked a turning point regarding gay rights, and the yearly gay pride celebration during the first week of August has become among the best-attended cultural events of the year, with tens of thousands descending upon downtown. In fact, most of the biggest parties and cultural events in Iceland take place during the summer months. Like the art festival Lunka, held in the undisputed art capital, Seydisfjörður, on the East Fjords, the festival in July, aptly titled A Performance in the North of the Country, is a newcomer on the scene, while Sequences in Reykjavik has been showcasing the most interesting local new art for a decade. The summer is short, so people really make the most of it. Any sunny day in Reykjavik will see people rushing to every pool, park, ice cream shop and sidewalk cafe. The grassy field outside Parliament downtown is a classic spot for sun soaking. It's also where the nation gathers for its biggest protest. But as Icelanders can absolutely not count on the sun to create a social atmosphere, festivals of all sorts make up for it. Undoubtedly the largest and loudest is the Iceland Airwaves. It brightens up the dark days of early November, highlighting the best of Icelandic music, as well as top foreign acts, including Florence and the Machine, Beach House and Robin. As you get later into November and through December, local restaurants and hotels compete for the best Christmas buffet. If you manage to book a table, you'll be merrily surrounded by work groups, families and friends celebrating during the darkest days of winter. Expect a lot of smoked and cured meat, smoked salmon, and the national special treat, sugar brown potatoes with everything. It may be the darkest time of year, but joy and an abundance of Christmas lights make up for it. So join in and be merry. If you want to experience a more remote event, head on up to the awe-inspiring West Fjords in April for the local and 100% homegrown music festival, whose name you'll never be able to pronounce, nor forget. Aldrei fór í suður, which means I never went south. 
The festival brings people to the remote north for one magical weekend at the edge of winter and spring. Joy, brightness and music in one of the most northern towns in Iceland makes for an unforgettable experience. Head east for a truly extreme experience at the local heavy metal festival Eistnaflug. The name is an Icelandic play on words, taken from the better-known local family festival called Nistaflug. It's a little-known fact that metal is hugely popular in Iceland, as is the sense of humor around it. The translation of Eistnaflug is flying testicles. To keep up with all the events year-round, we suggest grabbing a copy of the Reykjavik Grapevine. It's a local bi-weekly magazine in English, which lists major and minor events of interest. You can grab a copy at most cafes, pools, or at the airport for free. Just remember, it's best to treat your time in Iceland like a festival, celebrating life, embracing the darkness of winter, or the midnight sun. Local creativity is partly born of these extremes, as the darkness of winter has been a creative time ever since the writing of the first sagas. A lot of Icelandic music comes from garages in the winter. Aspiring bands have, since 1982, competed in the Icelandic music experiments. We will have a link in our notes to every year's winner, which includes Of Monsters and Men. The list of great music from Iceland crosses every musical genre, including electronic legends Guskus, the somber Olavur Arnalds, the haunting music of Siguros, and of course Björk. Of course Björk. Newcomers include Vök, GNDR, and the list way too long for this episode, but we'll put a link to a playlist in the notes. Peak adventure in a country filled with adventure. After years of guiding around the country, I feel I can say that traveling in Iceland is a total adventure. And, with a bit of planning, it can be the adventure of a lifetime. The highlands are a great place for mindfulness and being in the now. That said, you also have to be mindful of the dangers. The weather can be brutal and change quicker than you'd believe. Wherever you plan on going, dress to be dry and warm. Bring food, water, GPS, a map, and other essentials. Be safe, and please download a rescue service app from safetravel.is. We'll put a link in the notes. Your adventure in Iceland could be a lot of things. It could even be a moonwalk. The Apollo 11 mission trained on Iceland's lunar landscape in a volcanic area known as Askja, and Mars rovers are now being tested for future NASA missions. If you want to experience being on another planet, any part of the Icelandic highlands will do the trick. Just remember that access is limited to summer for most vehicles, and hiking trails should always be followed. For some high-octane adventure and an authentic Icelandic experience, snowmobiling lets you use seriously powerful machines on top of glaciers. Other options include ATV tours, zip lining, and believe it or not, a world-class paragliding location just outside the village of Vík. But don't let the famous bucket list locations overshadow smaller, more intimate connections with people and the land. For example, a 15-minute drive from the highway on the south coast 
gets you to a beautiful farm, secluded and calm, where a young couple named Mummen Ranveig run Iceland Bike Farm. Alongside their traditional sheep farming business, they offer bike tours on some of the best mountain biking trails in the country. From May to September, these trails attract local riders, along with foreign travelers, who can choose to ride fast or slow, do yoga, or have a sauna and a cold plunge before a communal dinner. Adventure should not be limited to adrenaline. I mean, of course, heli-skiing down from a mountaintop all the way to a beach at the bottom of a northern fjord is a guaranteed rush. But just remember, Iceland also has areas that are known as the last frontier of pristine nature, unpopulated, untouched, and truly breathtaking to behold. For the ultimate remoteness, head to Hornstrandir Nature Reserve with due planning, or the colorful area around Borgafjordrestri, where the weather always seems a bit better. Decompress, connect, feel entirely alone and entirely whole at the same time. How to spend the fortune in Iceland. Blowing money here is easy. Iceland is an expensive place, sure, but it's not Monaco. It's not a place of limousines or Lamborghinis, but Range Rovers, yes. So much so that after the financial crash of 2008, they were called Game Overs. Call companies like Ice Limo, Eskimos and Iceland Luxury Tours, if you want to be chauffeured in something that makes you feel like a Russian oligarch. Fishing has attracted wealthy visitors to Iceland for centuries. English gentlemen who have cast their lines in Icelandic rivers include Prince Charles, Eric Clapton and the billionaire Jim Ratcliffe, who spent more than all of them combined by simply buying up one river after the other. A day of fly fishing in Laxaoausum, known for quality and luxury, will cost you around $5,000 at peak season. It's so luxury, in fact, that arriving by helicopter is not unusual, which brings us to the best way to spend money fast. The tourist industry has led to a rise in demand for sightseeing helicopter tours from just over $200 to about $1,300 per person. If you book well in advance, you could blow a small fortune on private flights for the day, crossing the highlands en route to Europe's largest glacier Vatnajökull, guaranteed to blow your mind and make a sizable dent in your bank account. Check out helicopter.is. Hotels made a very late appearance in Iceland. Traditionally, travelers simply knocked on the door of the nearest farm. After Hotel Eastland opened its doors in 1844, it still took a long time for luxury hotels to appear, simply because few people visited. And when they did, it was between May and September, which made it hard to justify expensive investments. The first luxury hotel in Iceland is without a doubt Hotel Borg. Smack bang downtown right next to Parliament. Facing Iceland's first public park, Östervöllur, the hotel is in a prime location. It used to have its own nightclub, where the world's strongest man, Jón Páll Sigmarsson, worked as a bouncer, and the hotel owner was an Icelandic wrestling champion. The best suite on offer is the tower suite on two floors, 
with a 360-degree view, peaking at $2,300 for New Year's Eve, but can sometimes be had for a bargain of around $850 per night. You could go for a bit more of a boutique feel at the Canopy by Hilton, tucked away on a side street by the main shopping street, where you can call the Loft Suite home for just under $600 a night. For the experience of a lifetime outside the city, look at Dehblad Farm, where limited occupancy of 26 people in 13 beautiful rooms offer luxury in a mountain valley paradise. Enjoy heli skiing, fishing, mountain biking, sailing, hiking, or the calm of relaxing on site with a selection of amenities. Prices range from 670,000 Icelandic kroners, around $5,000, to just under a million Icelandic kroners a night. And of course, you shouldn't leave Iceland without picking up a few iconic souvenirs. Visit iconic designer Steinun by Grande Harbor for cutting-edge knitwear, where you can get blankets for about $900, or designer store Kiosk on the same street, with its wide selection of high-end local designs like Eiklo. And finally, not insignificantly, for a bargain price of about $2,500, you can sail under the Northern Lights on a private yacht for two to three hours with Harpa Yachts. This one might just be worth every cent. We'll put the link to all in the notes. All that being said, one of the best ways to experience the real Iceland is by going to the local pool. For many, myself included, it's a lifestyle of luxury at a very low cost. It's a place to unwind and discuss the goings-on, or as we say in Dainovein, the day and the road. Starting or ending a trip to Iceland with a visit to the pool is a way to connect to a tradition that began when the first settlers eased their way into the natural hot springs 1100 years ago and let out a sigh of simple pleasure. Thankfully, some things never change. Iceland, a country and culture that is as unstable and ever-changing as its weather, yet as grounded as the volcanic island itself. This is a place of limitless creativity, a place of informality, of a small society, of ideas where questions and answers flow freely, and everyone, and I mean everyone, is only a phone call away. And yes, it certainly is a country where a lot of big fish swim in small ponds, Björk included, but it's also a country where humans have confronted the unequaled force of nature and realized how small they are. No matter how you want to travel, there is something here for everyone, I promise, to know that the stunning glaciers are responsible for both 70% of the electricity in Iceland, as well as the catastrophic floods, makes the experience of traveling here all the more powerful. The tales and traditions of this country reflect the appreciation we all have for the natural and historical wonders of our world. Thanks for listening to our Iceland Start Here episode. Now that we've enticed you into the subarctic lunar-looking volcanic universe we call home, remember to check out the other Iceland episodes in this guide for deeper dives, including Iceland's war history, renewable energy, and a very Icelandic take on food and drink. 
Whether you're heading to Iceland right now, sometime in the near future, or would just like to learn all about a place we truly love, you'll get instant access to the full guide, plus new episodes on a regular basis when you subscribe to Circa. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or download the Circa app, where you can also get pictures and maps and notes on this episode and more. Maybe you'll want to sample our guides for Barcelona, New York, Hawaii, LA, and many, many more, and many more to come. Circa. Love the world you live in, and we'll help you explore it.